Well, happy Mother's Day. I'm so glad we're, we get to be here and just celebrate together. We're going to have a panel of women up here just sharing from our hearts, sharing um, how we mom and how we don't mom and all those good things. And so, um, and on behalf of Pastor Aaron and Becky, uh, we, they need prayer. They ha they're not feeling the best. So um, we are covering them today, but we honor Pastor Becky and say happy Mother's Day to her as well. Amen. Amen. So right now I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Becky Hess to come up. Pastor, I dropped a Pastor Brittany, come on up. Pastor Melody, Pastor Vivian, come on down. So whether um, you are a mom or maybe you feel like you're not a mom, but you are because if you're an auntie and you take care of those nieces and nephews, you're a mom. If you are a friend and you open your arms and you gather women around um, and, and your friends, children around, you're a mom. And so I don't want anybody in here feeling left out or disqualified because you have a voice and you have a heart, you're a mom. And so we wanna honor you as well. And I just felt very strongly to say that today. And you know, we're gonna share a lot of different topics in, in the amount of time that we have. And, but you know, some of the topics are light and some of them are heavy. You know, my mom's in heaven. And so today is a wonderful day because of my family, but also a day where I miss her greatly. And I know many of you are in that place, or you've lost a child. I've had a miscarriage, and so you understand those kind of things, and it's all at different levels. But we also know I raised three boys, and that means marshmallow gun fights, food fights, um, squirrels and raccoons visiting my home, things like that. And so there's also things that are so full of joy. So um, welcome, ladies. I'm so excited. Pastor Becky, what are you thinking? I can <laughs> I'm just thinking that this is, um, first of all, thank you for the honor, you guys, for letting us speak. Um, being a mom is probably the most, it's the only calling I asked of God, actually, when I was younger yeah. growing up because I was, my mom was absent. I had, didn't have a mom and I didn't have a dad. So pretty much the only calling I ever asked of the Lord at 21 when I didn't know the Lord was teach me how to raise my kids and I'll follow that. Just show me what to do. And so... If they're great, it's on me. And if they're not, it's on him. <laughs> that's, that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it, you guys. Because <laughs> I'm not taking responsibility for everything. <laughs> that's why we say, go ask your dad. That's right. See? we're the good that's ones. <laughs> so that's kind of my story. So, yeah. No, I actually would echo that. That was um, similar for me, too. Um, didn't grow up with the most solid home life. So um, going into parenthood, my biggest heart and my desire was, Lord, I just want a healthy home. Um, and I just want to love these kids well, and I want to raise them well. Um, and so, you know, I hit, um, some of you know my story, I had a season where my late husband passed away. My kids were four and six at the time. Um, and so processing that and having to say, Lord, we talked about this and we were just supposed to have a healthy, solid home. Um, and now we're in this season and navigating motherhood with the big question mark of, I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, I don't know how to raise kids. 
um, by myself. I don't know how to raise kids in trauma. I don't know how to walk them through losing their father, but I think it's realizing that we don't, none of us really knew what we were doing. <laughs> none of us as parents know no. what we're doing. We're making it up the whole time. No. Um, no matter how many books we read or podcasts we listen to or counsel that we receive, um, it's just having grace for ourselves in those seasons and realizing regardless of what God's asking us to walk through, um, he just needs us to rely on him and trust him and seek yeah. him um, for those seasons. I think for us, we grew up in a Christian home, so I was really fortunate. And every morning, I saw my mom have devotions. Parents, it's so important that your kids see you having devotions. You guys, the most important thing, our kids saw mama having devotions every morning. So that's really, really important. Um, another thing that we did was we did a verse with our kids. And, um, and we prayed with our kids. You guys, we pray over our kids. And our kids know that we are praying for them yeah. because they'll call yeah. us up, Mom, I need prayer. I'm like, Mama's on it. So it's really important. Right. Parents, um, it, it, pray for your kids. Pray for your kids. And let their kids see you do it. It's so yeah. important. Yeah. Amen. I don't think a lot of times, like Pastor Brittany was saying, we don't know how to parent, but we parent in the way that we are growing and learning with our children. And God blesses us that we get a start when we're young and we grow together with our children and we learn to understand what it means to be a parent. That's so critical. And with my kids, they had their biological father and then we parted. And so they went through the good, the bad, the ugly, and they got a wonderful daddy in the end. But it's so awesome to hear their stories and remember the love that they experienced. I remember praying with them every night, sitting on, with them on their bed, their little Bibles, and, and that was so special to have with them. And then I remember um, just walking through life together and having them tell you, I love you. Thank you for what you did. It changed my life and made me who I am today. And Michael say that. He said, if you hadn't done it that way, I wouldn't be who I am. So it's the values that are instilled in those years. I agree. I, my mom and dad grew up, mom in a Christian home, and dad didn't. And when they came together, they decided we're going to change our generation. We're going to change what, what happened here, and we're going to make it ours. And I remember watching them do that as they prayed together in the morning and as they fought for those things that they wanted, righteousness in their house, and a consistency that came. And so that was something that I, you know, I asked my kids about today because I have thoughts in my head that I did, but I want to make sure it lined up with what they said. And, and, you know, it was interesting. Each one wrote back and said, Mom, you're the same person that you are at home as you are in, the, in church. Now, yes, at, here I'm not going to walk around in my pajamas and, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, but, but the cool thing is, is that that is something they fought for. It's something that I fought for, and I wanted consistency in my home. So if I can come here and talk and pray, um, give a prophetic word, uh, pray for healing, whatever that is, then I need to go home and do that in my home. And so doing that and then having them see, wake up in the morning, like Zach had said, Mom, um, Mom that's what he said about being consistent, but then waking up in the morning, Ty had said, Mom, you... You guys had your set time in the morning. We knew that that's where you were going to be. That's where you were going to be praying and following through. And it was open for them to come. Yeah. You know, it was open for them to come. And then, um, and then Derek said, Mom, it didn't matter if I played the drums four or five hours a day. 
you knew that was a gifting in me. You didn't let it bother you, even though it could be noise at, at times. You didn't let it bother you. you. You stayed the course, and now that's part of what I do. And so just knowing that your kids' gifts, you see them when they're little, and you pour into them. And I always ask the Holy Spirit, give me their language, because they're all different. I need their language so they can understand my heart and not just hear words. Stephanie, we were the same way as parenting. Our kids are older now, so Zach and I, when our kids all moved out, we said, no regrets. We, we can't look at the past and say, oh my gosh, we should have done this. We should have done that. No, it's like no regrets. But we were the same way. Our kids, we had an open door. It's like, okay, we want our kids to come to us and tell us. As parents right now, you guys, our society, we don't want them going to their teachers. We don't want no. them going somewhere no. else. We want our kids to come to us right. and say, mom, I got a problem. This happened. It's like, okay, you're going to get in trouble, but <laughs> we're glad you came to us and didn't go to somebody else. So for our family, we were the same way. It's like, you come talk to mom and dad. Don't go be talking to somebody else. Right. It's always just about, um, you know, talking about the things that you did. One of the things that I know that was really critical for me from the Lord was that I never understood what discipline was because the home that I was raised in was somewhat abusive and there wasn't a male figure in the home that um, showed discipline. And there was at one time, my lovely daughter, Katie, I think she might've been three, <laughs> was being a three-nager. And um, yes, <laughs> and she was in way a lot of trouble. And um, I was, her dad goes, he was gonna discipline her and every soul in my being, everything in my being went, don't, because that's all I knew was discipline was, was violence. And the Holy Spirit stopped me in my tracks and he said, uh-uh, shut your mouth, sit down and watch. And I watched him paddle her and I watched him talk to her and I watched him walk through it with her because he had a way better um, growing up, you know, parental figures than I did. And he then, she went to her room screaming and crying, throwing a fit, tantrum, the whole thing. Five minutes later or so, he brought her back in sat around his lap, they hugged, they kissed, they carried on, and the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, that is discipline. So irregardless of what you know and what you've been taught or what you grew up with, if you're open to the Holy Spirit, he will teach you where you're lacking and what you don't know. Yeah, and that parenting together is, is so important. I mean, this is Mother's Day, but um, this is really a, a journey that so many of us walk together with our our, our husbands. And, um, you know, when I was, when it was just me and my late husband, we were young when we got married. We were, um, I was 22, and so it was almost like we grew up together. Same mind, same mindset, um, same expectations when it came to parenting. Um, but then I had the incredible privilege to, um, to get remarried and have a bonus, um, bonus two daughters and, um, and a bonus husband and had to relearn that in a sense. Um, and there were times, I think for both of us, where coming in a blended family, if you're part of that structure, you, you can probably um, understand that when he would discipline the kids, there was a part of me that would kind of bristle up and be like, mm, that's not how we do things. Um, but that wasn't how we did things with, uh, with my late husband. And so we had to come together and understand each other and how we did things. Um, and so for those blended parents out there, um, just remember, you've, you've got to lay a little bit of yourself down and come back together um, with your now spouse 
and begin parenting as one in the Holy Spirit. Um, it's okay if it's not how you did it before, as long as you're doing it under the guide of the Holy Spirit and with his wisdom um, and with his care. Um, and you'll learn to function together and walk together and parent together. Um, but it's so important that you do it together and you don't have that mindset of these are my kids and those are your kids and we'll parent them separately. Um, that's not what God desired for us. When he reconciled your family and brought that togetherness again, he, he wanted that one again, just like it was um, in your previous marriage. So that was, a, that was a big deal for me too. Not obviously in um, the same way you were feeling, but I was like, just like listen, sir. In charge. Here, There's yeah. a big adjustment yeah. in blended families because yes. we are blended too. But in that, as the kids are watching the mom and dad, the love that they share with each other, they learn to honor and respect that. Mm -hmm. And when, they, when you respect one another as a blended family, they learn to respect as well. Yeah. There is no respect if you don't honor each right. other. Mm -hmm. That's good. So for Zach and I, we took a class. We're like, oh, we need help. So we took a class, <laughs> and it was a nine-week class. And you know, there's some things we didn't like, and then there's, but one thing we learned is don't ever discipline your kids out of hate right. or when you're angry. So I remember one time Zach gave our daughter, she was naughty, so he gave her the spoon. So she had to take the spoon up to her room and sit there with it on her lap. And I'm like, oh my gosh, poor thing. And so Zach was calm, you know, and, and he went up and spanked her, but I thought he did it out of love. And that's why it's so important parents, oh my gosh, take big breaths, send them up to their room. And then one time we were at the grocery store and she was acting up and he said, that's it. So he left the cart and he told the lady, I'm gonna leave the cart here. We're gonna go home and deal this and we'll be back. She never did it again. So it's like, you guys, parents, you gotta stick with it. And that was Zach and I. Yeah, and we had the same thing in our home where Dave, you know, we'd be at a restaurant and one of them would be jumping on the booth up and down and yelling. And you're like, you know, with three boys, there's so much energy. And he'd be like, Ex excuse us, you know? <laughs> it wasn't always excuse us, but it was like, we'll be back. And, and they would go out, he would get a spank and, and, and come back in. But what I love is the coming back in, yeah, right. you know, That's like that, thing. regardless of how we were brought up or what, what was going on is that that love part, because Jesus, you know, our heavenly father disciplines. And because I know that people have said, wait a minute, I had this happen or this happen. What does discipline look like? But it's still that loving father. And it's in Proverbs, it talks about discipline will save your child from hell. And yeah. so it's super important that we have that peace in there. And I feel like as we're talking that some of you are thinking, you know what, my kids are grown. I missed my opportunity. No, you didn't. No. Because there's still a heavenly father and he still cares and prayer changes things. Don't give up. And that if your children are out and they're prodigals, you have a family praying for you, whether you feel like it or not. You're not alone. We cover you and your children will come home. Your they children will, will yes. come home because God is faithful. Okay. And whether you knew to train them up in the way they should go, it doesn't matter because today's a new day. And God will step in and say, you know what? But now you're praying, and that's training your child up, okay? So I just felt like I needed to put that out there. I wanted to add to that yeah. real quick. So my youngest decided to go wayward. And when he was wayward, the Lord took us from here and moved us to Texas for 21 years. And so my prayer was, Lord, send somebody into his life. Cover him. And I kept praying and praying and praying for him. Well, it was probably, I want to say, a 
um, at least 10, 12 years later, um, I got a phone call and a message on my phone and it said, mom, you've been praying for me, call me. And it was amazing. Yeah, I think it's so important. I think you hear the, you hear the blessing stories and how it's all panned out in the end. And, um, and for those parents that are still like in the war zone, um, which I, I have teenagers, so I'm at war with all of you as well. Um, but for those of you that are still in the thick of it, um, and you just might be carrying some guilt or frustration or shame. And I think it's so important to remember, we are, none of us are perfect. Um, yes, it's important to parent and love, but how many times did we not? And how many times did we have to go to our, our kids and, and repent and apologize? And I think that is part of the process is learning to be humble. Um, even when you have to be humble with your kids, um, it's so easy to want to be the enforcer, the authority to know all the things, be all the things, um, and have that strong hand with your kids. But at times you need to be gentle and humble and be able to go to them and say, I'm sorry, I didn't do it in love. Um, and I need your forgiveness. And that's what then yields these incredible results. The end that you all have experienced of your kids coming back and saying, um, I don't hold any of that against you. I don't even I remember you telling me a story of, I don't even, they didn't even remember this moment that you were holding on to. Yes. I went to them and asked for forgiveness. I'm like, Mom, I don't even remember that. And I was like, shoot, now they do. Now they do. Now they need counseling. Because sometimes they do, and they're like, it's okay. And all three pat me on the head now, you know, like pat, pat, pat. It's okay, Mom. But, yeah, at that time, they, they didn't remember. And I just wanted to throw this out there, too, that when you're raising your children and then they grow up and they get married, which they're supposed to do, you're so grateful for that. And for me, daughter-in-law is coming in. And I didn't for one minute think as they came in that they're separate. Just like you having a blended family, that is a blended family coming together. And immediately, my, I let my heart be knit. And I thought, they're, they're my daughters. Yeah. They're my daughters. That's and good. now they're, they're some of my best friends. Right. And they've told me that. And so it, regardless of what it looks like, because everybody's raised different, you know, you're still exactly. blending families. You can be raised in the same church and you're still going to be different. Amen. But when you come together with your open heart, because Jesus moved in compassion, he moved in compassion and that's what you do. And it draws in, but I'm so grateful because God is so good. And so if you have those son-in-laws or daughter-in-laws, open your heart. If you feel like there's just something between you, even if you can't get past the barrier, God can. But open your heart to love and move in compassion, and he will do it for you. Amen. But I'm very grateful. So, yeah. Well, I think that's true. And I think to reiterate to what you were saying and what you were saying, if we don't go to our children and we don't apologize to them, then we aren't setting a very good example of what humility and apology looks like. That's also part of their growing up, is that as an adult, you can come to someone else and you can, you can settle differences and you can speak to hurts and you can speak to offenses that you've created. And it allows them to understand that that too is also part of life. And it's, it's a teaching tool as much as anything else. And, you know, I have three son-in-laws. And in that, I've had to learn what that whole life looks like and how to. And one of the things that Pat and I have had to learn in that process is just how to 
let them be the husbands of their households and not try to get in their business every five minutes and be like, well, that's not how we would have done it. Even though I do think we say that time from time to time, it still is that check in your spirit that you're actually really trying to let those men come in and take over in those households because that's where God put them. I think one of the challenges in my life was being away from my kids 21 years because they had graduated, and when they graduated, we left. So we missed out on the years of their of their family growing up, all those years of being grandparents and be able to do all the things. We come, we'd come back for a week and sometimes two and try to be together. And when we moved back here, one of my first things that I said to the kids was, I'm your mom but I don't know how to be your mom now because you're an adult child and I needed to respect their privacy and who they are. They are now a family. We were a family. They are a family. Together, if we walk it right, we will remain in a a good relationship. But if I try to invade on them and do what I shouldn't be doing. If I trust what God gave me and how I raised them, I will trust them now. I trust him, so I trust them. Yeah, and I think that that heart posture starts even when you have littles too, of understanding um, these are not my kids, ultimately. They are the Lord's. They were given to me to raise, and, and God trusted me to raise them and to point them towards the Lord, but ultimately, they're His. Um, and so I think the earlier we can tackle that heart posture, yes. probably the easier those seasons are yes. later on, but that's a, that's a really hard thing. <laughs> yes, especially when you've got, again, I've got teenagers. So when you've got teenagers coming home talking about things or talking about girls and um, my eighth grade son who's in here somewhere is talking about high school girls who are talking to him right now. And, um, and I'm like, mm, again, <laughs> that's not how we do things. <laughs> so, um, but I have to allow him yeah. to walk with the Lord in these seasons as well and not just try to um, c- control those. So. Yeah, I remember at a certain time for each of my boys saying, you know, we've raised you to know Jesus and you have given your heart to the Lord but now it's your faith. You can't be like me. You can't be like your dad. You can take right. the examples that so were good, good. kick out so the bad, but yes. now, now it's up to you and we're gonna be there to pray, to help, to point you in the right direction, but it won't look like us. And, and that is part of letting go and letting them be who they're supposed to be. Because if you hang on too tight, they're gonna right. run even further. You know, and you want them to see Jesus. And so that was something I remember specifically saying that to each one. And it was, um, I remember as we were going to church camp, you know, that was something too that was non-negotiable in our home. You will go to church, you will go to youth, and you will go to camp. And I know my parents did that for me. And there were times where I knew if I wasn't getting up in the morning, dad would bring me in my pajamas. He was that serious. But you know, I knew he would. And I was like, I'm getting ready. Even if I had this amount of time, he's coming down the stairs, you know? But you know what? I'm so grateful because when I look back, I'm like, that saved my life right there. I, when I sat in the pew and I was like, I'm not listening today. I'm tired and I want to be home. And I remember that later down, I'm like, how did I know that? Ah, I was in church. And, I, and my spirit picked it up, and I had the answer for that time. And so it's super important that 
you are the example that, you know what, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go, but so are my children. And it saved my life. Yeah. With our family and trust, our uh, oldest, we have a story. So our household wasn't perfect either, but I was at his high school. This is during the summer. And I called him and I said, hey, um, where are you? Aren't you supposed to be at football practice? Said, oh, I'm at, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at football practice. I'm like, uh, no, you're not because I'm at the school and you're not here. Get your butt home. So he got home. So I called Zach, Zach, oh my gosh, we have a problem. Because our kids, they never, they never, they never not trusted us. We always trusted them. So when he got home, we had to talk with him and said, you know what? You blew it. I said, you blew our trust. So now you're going to have to gain our trust again. So we didn't really ground our kids because we felt like we didn't want them to sit and dwell on it weeks after weeks after weeks. Like, let's just deal with it now and be done. But we did ground him. We said, okay, we're going to ground you for two weeks. Well, that lasted about, what, a couple days. And he came back and goes, okay, mom, I've been really good. Can I get off? And I'm like, okay. But it's like, (laughs) you guys, and... You were talking about forgiveness, and I said, oh my gosh, it was so hard for me. It was hard for me to go to my kids and say, will you forgive me? Can you imagine having your kids come and do that to you? So it's like as parents, we have to remember how hard it is for me to do that. I can't imagine how hard it is for them to do that. And then another thing really fast is we, we, were, we trusted our children. So one day, I'll never forget my daughter. I hope she's not listening, but she, <laughs> I was in her Telling room, and I was just kind of picking up, and I see this letter. And I'm thinking, don't read it, Melody, don't read it. And you know how you're standing there and you're thinking, oh, I want to read it so bad. I'm like, you guys, I didn't. I turn around and I left. And I'm like, thank you, because I want my daughter to trust me. So you guys, we as parents, we have to make sure that we're trusting our kids because we want our kids to trust us also. That's just a little, so a yes. little side so thing good. there. I think, um, I think that we want the father to, to trust us and to love us gently and to give us time, but we don't always want to return the heart of the Father to our kids. Um, we don't want to give them the time, the trust, the, um, the patience that God gives us. Um, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges is to love them with the heart of the Father because uh, it's much easier to just control, <laughs> much easier just <laughs> to do all the things you want to do um, because sometimes that feels easier. The house stays cleaner that way. Um, the kids listen better that way. But God gives us all the patience in the world and, um, and he has such a heart uh, ready for us at any time. And, um, and we just don't always... We don't always return that to and our kids. And there's never two kids alike, one that can be so good. Mike never lied. He called me one time. He was asked to share a message about lying. He said, Mom, when did I lie? I can't think of anything. I've been racking my... And we worked on it. We finally thought of something. And then we had the other one that just couldn't stay out of trouble. And they're raised in the same household. But, you know, it happens. It happens in this world. It happens in our families. And that's life. And Melody, I really appreciate what you were saying about, you know, just staying with them and staying consistent because what I have found now that my kids are all grown, I have found that, you know, when you stay in that place with them, they will continue to trust you as adults and they will continue to come to you as adults and they will continue to ask for your wisdom and your mindset and things like that as adults. And when you've done things out of love and respect, maybe not out of the best actions or behaviors, but when you've really done it with a heart, uh, God heart, then they will stay in your world and you will still always be able to speak to them and speak into their lives and have a place where they will listen to what you have to say. They don't always follow it, but they will listen. 
And you know what? That's so true. And I, and I remember Zach telling his younger brothers one time, don't ever try to get away with anything because mom knows everything. <laughs> and if she doesn't, she'll find out. And, and it was true. And something that we do as, as moms is we are warring moms. Yes. Yeah. And yes. we go after it. And when we see the enemy coming against our family, our husbands, our friends, our, you know, and our children, and that's something that I learned early on was, you know what, if I feel something in my spirit, whether I know what it is or not, I will pray till I have peace. Yes. And I would tell them that something's still not right, but I'm praying till I have peace. I would let them know I believe in you, I love you, but I pray till I have peace and I'm not gonna quit. I'm the kind of mom that's gonna go the extra mile and, and I'm gonna see this change. And then it, whether it was them coming to me and saying, hey, this is what happened, or the Holy Spirit giving me, you know, telling me, or I had a dream, many times the Lord would let me know and then we could take care of it. And my thing was, I wanna know, and I would pray, I wanna know what's going on in their life before it becomes deep-seated. That's right. That's good. And, and so it never so bothered me. I mean, it bothered me. I mean, I would get upset if something was wrong or bad or something had happened. We had to deal with it, but I would rather know now yes. than before. You know what I mean? And so that was something that I always did. And I always would grab their faces, and I do this to this day, Anna, now my daughter-in-law's, and I say, I'm so glad that God picked me to be your mom. And that reminds them that from the day I conceived them to all the days of their life, I'm there for them, I'm praying, I won't quit, I believe in them, and I believe who Jesus is in them. Yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. Stephanie, you're such a good mom. Oh my gosh. That's right. That's right. We have pancake fights in our house. We would get up Saturday mornings and I would make pancakes. And I think my husband actually started it. And one day we had my nieces and stuff, they're littles. And he just picked up a pancake and right up against her face, my niece. And it was on from then. And if they didn't come to my house and have breakfast and didn't have a food bite, it was not breakfast at, at Aunt Becky's house. It just wasn't. So it was a thing. And he started it. So Food fights are so much fun. You should try it. You know? It, you really should. It's, it's so much fun. I think I enjoy it the most. Yes. We had food fights in college. Food fight! And it was... We had ice cream runs. We gel. We'd go out of our bedroom and say, "Ice cream run!" and everybody'd wake up and come running. And we had a youth pastor staying with us, with us one time when we lived down in Bertha. He says, "What are you doing?" I said, "We're going for ice cream." He says, "Now we're in bed." I said, "Right now in our jammies." Right and we're out the door, and we went to get ice cream, and that was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I think having fun is so important. Um, yeah. And again, I'm, I'm in the thick of it still parenting. So I understand the moments of like, we just got to get these kids to bed. We just yes. got to, we've got to just survive. Um, but there's been so many times that uh, we've sent the kids to bed and Grant is downstairs on the drums and I walk down and all four kids are headbanging and it's 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, well, at this point, what can we do? But it's, those are the memories that they, uh, they take with them for the rest of their lives. And they won't remember the discipline, but they'll remember uh, headbanging at 10 p.m. or pancakes or ice cream runs. Um, and it's, we have to have fun. And in the busyness of parenting, when you're in the middle of it, it's so easy to forget 
we got to make this fun. These are inc- this is incredible. God gave us he- these humans to raise. Um, enjoy it and have fun and laugh and um, make memories. There's another uh, child that I don't want to leave out of the story of parenting because some parents have special need children. And special need children are very unique and they need things different than the ordinary child. And sometimes when we're talking, you're sitting, well, I don't have that. I used to be a foster parent and I took in special need children. Uh, The first one I got received was called, I was actually called at work and asked if I would consider. And we opened up our home and people actually become confused who was our kids and who were our foster children because we loved them alike. They all went to church. My only thing I asked of the Lord when I started was that they all would come to know the Lord. And Mike really stepped up to the plate. We always had at least four, sometimes more. We were emergency police placement. So we would get a lot of children from birth up through high school through a senior. But one little boy, the first little boy I got was Jesse. He was a Spanish boy. And his parents were from Mexico. And he had gotten spinal meningitis, which reverted him back to the fetal state. And so I re- he came to live with us when he was nine months old. And we had him the whole time that we did foster care. And we had to work with him. He couldn't walk. He was nonverbal. He could do nothing. He couldn't feed himself. Um, everything was care. And I always had two others the same age as him. So I had three that went from birth to one-year-olds, to two-year-olds, to three-year-olds. And um, the kids really stepped up. But all he could do was roll on the floor, clap his hands, and go, would be clapping. He'd be kicking. He'd break things every now and then. And I sometimes got tired because it was a lot of work putting him in his wheelchair and taking him. I'd walk him to the altar. Every service he was with us, we, I cleaned the church back then so the kids could play in the nursery, and, and I'd do that. But the Lord one day said to me when I was feeling sad because I couldn't do what a lot of other parents could do because I had to stay with my special need kids, and I had more than one of them. I had multiple. Um, The Lord said, he was created with a purpose. If my people don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. So I created him to praise me. So if you have a special needs child, I want you to know they praise God more than you'll ever know. How many kids did you foster? Do you remember how many kids Um, you fostered? Somewhere between 15 and 20 I had over time. And I had many arsonists. I had runaways. I had a, kids who had put knives out. I had kids that were estranged from their parents, just didn't want to stay home. We had them all. I even took in some college girls that had visited church, and we took them in because they couldn't afford the dorm rent. So we had a lot of kids. Our home was always open, and we just knew love. That was how we functioned, and they all went to church, no exception. I want to be you when I grow up, first of all. Because <laughs> I don't know that I have that patience. <laughs> I applaud my kids because there were times they thought they were the foster kids because a lot of my fosters looked more like their dad than what my blonde-haired kids looked at the time. 
You know, I was going to ask the question, too, that it is so important to have joy, but also in a family, there's times of grief. Right. And, and for me, losing, you know, both my parents so close together and then having a family tra- tragedy after that, um, you know, talking about it and being real, letting your, your children see you weep, letting them know that things hurt, but, but also at the same time that God is still good. And he's still faithful regardless of what you're walking through and that you always point back to him, that there is always victory on the other end. You know, Jesus, that's the way he lived his life. And, and it doesn't look perfect. You know, there are grief, there's up and down. You know, one day you're laughing and then two seconds later you find yourself crying and you're like, what is wrong with me? Or today feels so heavy. And I, I just would start speaking it out. Today, I just, it's not you. I know for one of my sons, he could feel it when I was up, like he could feel it. So I, I pulled him aside one time and I said, you need to know that I'm grieving today and it's hard, but it's not you. Yeah. Uh, Mom is sad and she's kind of quiet today, but it is not you. I'm just sad today and it's hard, but it'll be okay. And I needed them to know that it was very real. I'm still walking through this and there will be days like that. And so I know Brittany, you've gone through, you've spoke a little bit about the loss of a husband and your kiddos and then Miss Viv, I know we've all lost kids at different, but you- I lost a child that was eight days old. Never even got to hold him. Um, Almost lost my life having him. but he only lived eight days, and that's a long process. And one, if you've ever lost a child, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it's very hard to relate. It's a, such a deep grief that never really goes away. He'd be 52. I can still see him in his casket today. Um, I grieved for many, many years with that child, but I also know the love that child brought into the world. And sometimes when we lose them, we don't realize God uses them to transform something in us and to form us. So he had a purpose in those eight days. And I remember, um, it was right after 4th of July, so the next year, 10 months later, I was a church organist for many years. And that Mother's Day, first Mother's Day, I was on. So I'm playing, and they're bringing out the gifts to the mothers. And my heart's heavy, but you kind of learn when you do the music to disengage and not, because I did funerals and all that stuff. So all of a sudden, one of the ushers brought a Mother's Day gift to me. And that totally brought so much healing to my heart. So even when you've lost that child, if it's your firstborn, you're still a mom. Don't discredit yourself. Don't put yourself down. That child loved you. God gave him to you because he knew you would be able to walk it out and give him the glory. He is God, no matter what. Yeah, uh, just something that I've had heavy on my heart. We've been talking, and all of us are moms, but there's a lot of people out there, a lot of young moms who, excuse me, want to be moms and haven't been able to um, become a mom or be a mom yet. And, and you're, 
wondering why, and I felt really heavily led in this service to just speak over that and say that God sees that and he sees that in you and he knows the heaviness of your heart if you have one child or you're wanting five more. He sees the heaviness of your heart and he's saying to you that this is not an over season. This is a new season. This is a season of what he's doing, a new thing. So even though we're all up here talking about our mom's stories, you will have a mom story. And I just wanted to encourage anybody that is dealing with that right now. Um, yeah, and I think obviously grief for me was, was different because it wasn't a child. It was um, my husband, but watching my children grieve um, is something that I honestly don't wish on, on anyone. Um, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, even walking through the loss in my own heart, in my own life, was walking through that loss with my, um, my sweet kids. But I think the biggest thing, and we talked about it earlier, was um, allowing them to have access to my heart um, in the same way that the Father allows us to have access to His. Um, if they needed to talk at 1 a.m., they could. If they needed to cry, they could. If they needed to be angry, they could. Um, and I think that a lot of the times in grief, we don't have a lot of patience for ourselves. We want it fixed. That's we right. want the grief to leave. Um, we don't want to be sad. We don't want to be heavy. Um, but that's the season that we're walking through. That's, that's the season God called us into. Um, and the one thing that I always went back to, because there's no answers in it, right? There's no why. Um, was that I'm going to honor you, Lord, in everything that I do and everything that I say and every step that I take. If I do nothing else, I'm going to honor you. And I think that's our journey as parents in general, because like we said, we don't, none of us, none of us knew what we were doing. Um, no book is going to walk you through um, any cir- circumstance, whether it's something silly or heavy like grief. Um, you don't have the answers, but he does. And so to just walk it out with him and honor him in every step, and you're not going to get it all right. Um, You're going to have hard days. You're going to have days where you don't want to get out of bed. Um, But I remember actually one time sitting with my kids. uh, My husband is um, buried down at Chapel Hill uh, Cemetery in Littleton. And he is uh, maybe 100 yards from the Columbine Memorial. And so I walked over there with them. It was the first time that we went to visit his gravesite, and we sat down in the memorial and we talked about what happened to those kids. And then I said, I want you to look out at this cemetery. And every single one of these headstones represents somebody that, a family that has lost somebody, somebody that's going through exactly what you have gone through. Um, and it was an incredible opportunity for us to talk about the call that God had on their life to love people well in grief. Um, It was an incredible opportunity for them to have compassion for others and to realize that if we're going through heartache, if we're going through hard seasons, we aren't the only one. Um, And I think parenting can feel very lonely at times. Um, And to just lift our eyes a little bit and realize everyone is going through something. Everyone is going through a hard season as a parent. Um, None of us are getting it right, um, but we're all doing this together. And God put us in an incredible body of Christ to, um, to have community, to be able to link arms, to be able to sit and have conversations. Um, and whether we're in the heartache of grief or just frustrated because our kids will not put their shoes away, um, there are people that can stand beside us, um, have compassion and empathy with us and, and walk that out with us. Yeah, that's so good. And um, just as you were sharing too, yesterday we had the single moms gathering here. And so And it was so beautiful just to honor all the moms. But if you are a single mama in the house, um, whether you've been widowed or divorced or 
whatever that is, or if you're a single dad in the house, know that you're not alone, because I can imagine just seeing all those uh, mamas walk in the room and just loving on them and the joy, but also the tears of thank you for seeing me. Um, we want you to be seen as well. And so it really doesn't matter the age or stage that you're at, but reach out because we are covering you in prayer, but I felt very led just to let you know you're not alone. And, And we are so grateful you are working twice as hard. And so we honor you as well. So I know it's mom's day, but I wanted to just say if you're a single dad too, just yeah. know your day's yeah. coming, yeah. Yeah. Father's Day, but we honor you too. Because it does and trust both. me, there'll be bacon somewhere. I can yeah. guarantee you it, friend. Yeah. And you know, I know that um, we just have a little bit of time left, but I think we could each just go, at, we'll go down and just share something that stood out in, in your, what you're doing now, um, or something since I'm, my kids are a little older that just touched our hearts or what they've told us. And Um, For me, I grew up gathering around, my mom played the piano, and we would gather around and we'd have friends in the house, or sometimes it would just be us and mom would play, and we would sing old hymns to the new songs. And it wasn't perfect, but we learned to worship and praise the Lord together. We learned to honor the Lord together as a family. And as I got married, that came in to our home. David's family did that as well. We would gather and we would worship and we would praise and the instruments would come in. And even when the kids were little, if it was a tambourine, even though it sounded like a lot of noise, it was wonderful or a recorder, whatever age you know they're at. And, and to do that, and then we, we've just done that where the boys will bring their guitars in and the drums and we will just sit around and have family and friends and we will just worship together. And I think that was something one of my sons said is, Mom, we always had that in our house, the presence of God in our house, regardless of what we were going through separately or as a, um, a family, the presence of God was always there. And we got to do that as covid it brought all seven, we had seven adults, three, two of the boys married, Dave and I, and then my youngest son in the house for, a, you know, for quite a while. And it was beautiful because we did that together and just let the presence of God come into our home. And that keeps us, you know. So that's, that's so good, Stephanie. That's really good. I think the one thing for me that I have always kind of stood on, and that is truth. I've always felt like, be the person that will tell your kids and your grandkids the truth. And then also be the person that will be there for them when they're not acting in truth, when they're behaving in a way that isn't truth. Be that parent that will tell them the truth and that grandparent that will tell them the truth, but be the one that'll be there to act like God and pick up the pieces and and stand with them when they're not acting in a way that that truth exhibits. And that's been a, a philosophy that I've stood by with my grown children and my grandchildren. Just be that truth. Yeah, I think um, my biggest thing right now, because I'm, I'm living it so much with my kids, is growing up, um, I had parents who were very disengaged or absent, um, and I had no one to talk to. And we went through some very heavy things as kids, and, um, and I missed that immensely. And as I became an adult, I realized, man, I just wish somebody would have processed life with me. And I feel like right now with my kids, the stage that they're in, um, they're 11, 11, 12, 13, 15. And so they're processing a lot and just being 
um, available to them and talking to them and letting them talk more than I do at times and just being available to listen. And um, that is one of the greatest gifts, I think, in this season for me as a mom is just to talk to my kids and let them talk, no matter what they say, no matter what crazy stuff or challenging things they might bring to the table, um, just giving them the space to talk. (laughs) For uh, Zach and I, I think it was our prayer time at night with our kids. And every night we would do Psalms 91. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me, the strength hold, the shelter, the only God for me and my great confidence. And so we did that with our kids every night. And we did it so much, our kids memorized it. So I said, oh my gosh, what a great verse. Because so many kids go to bed and they're fearful. But just to remember that this verse and that God's got them. So that's really important to us. So. That's also good. I think for me, because I'm a little older, <laughs> even still, great-grandmother already. So it's, you know, when you think about that, and I look at my kids, I'm very proud of the men they have become and the wives that God chose for each of them. Um, they're walking out beautiful relationships, and I'm so grateful for that. My favorite scripture has always been, in Micah 6, 8, he has showed thee, O man, what is good, but what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Throughout this journey, I think at this stage of life, I wish I would have walked more humbly with him and sought him instead of always responding or reacting or giving my opinion and ideas to the kids, because I could have probably given more godly wisdom to them. But In that said, I also realize I am no longer the parent of a small child. They are now an adult. And now in this stage of life, I walk in the wisdom to realize I raised them and guided them. Now God blessed me with these children to guide me and to speak into my life and help me in these years. So I thank God for you. And, you know, I just want to say that regardless, Dave, you can come on up with the keys, but regardless of where you're at, God fills in the void. Not one of us is perfect. Not one of us can be. Jesus is the only perfect one, and he fills in the void. And um, so I'm just, Heavenly Father, I thank you for every woman in this room, every family represented here. Lord, regardless of what age or stage they are at, I'm asking right now that your perfect love would permeate their hearts, that they would know that you are present, Holy Spirit, you are comforter to those that are hurting, you are comforter to those that are grieving, you are comforter to those that are waiting to have a child or have a prodigal, you are comforter, but you are also advocate, you are also helper, You are also counselor. You are also the spirit of truth. And I declare that over every single family in this place. I thank you that your word does not return void and greater are you in each woman here, every mama, grandma, sister, auntie, and friend than he that is in the world. And I thank you, Jesus, that you fill in the void. You were the one that went to the cross. You were the one that paid the price. You were the one that said, Father, take this cup, but if not, I will do it. And you said yes. And Lord, I know this is a Mother's Day 
panel. I know this has been about raising children, some of the things we did well and some of the things we didn't, but you are still here and you are present. That the very last thing you did before you died on the cross was you made sure your mama was taken care of. And you said, John, this is now your mom. This is your son. That's how important it is. And if you are here in this room today and something has touched your heart, the very presence of God has touched your heart, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know that Jesus. I didn't have that growing up, or I had that growing up, but I have run far from it. Whether you're online or you're in this room, it says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord, that if we believe that God sent his son Jesus, he died on the cross and he was raised up three days later, then you would be saved. And I am asking right now, if you are in this room and you're thinking to yourself, I want more of that, or I've never had that, I'm gonna ask you to do something bold. I've done it and I am so grateful. It was the day that I received a new family, the family of God. And if that is you, I want you to raise your hand so we can see it. I want you just to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want a heavenly father who loves me. And I say yes to Jesus. I feel like there's somebody in here and your heart is just beating and you're like, I just wish. I'm gonna have us pray because I feel it so strongly. And if that was you, then I want you to tell somebody. I don't want you to leave here alone. So I want you to repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you loved me enough to send your son Jesus to die on the cross, to take every sin, every broken heart, every disease, and every loss to the cross but you breathed your life into your son and you raised him from the dead three days later for me. I say yes to you today. I repent of my sins and I come running back to you. Thank you for loving me. I love you too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Hallelujah.